Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 77. I'm Killian Vina. And I'm Zoe Below Springer. This week's episode focuses on KPIs and how they can help determine the health of your salon business. Joining us on the show to discuss this is Heather Yorko of Leapbeat in Kentucky. Heather will highlight things you should be looking at within your business so that you can identify patterns and trends and effectively know how to turn them into positive results. As always, we top off the show with our upcoming Forest Academy webinars. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax and join us weekly for all your salons, business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Hillian. <laughs> How are things now? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Excited for this episode. And yeah, it's a sunny day out. Can't complain. Sunny. Oh, our summer has just ended. It just started raining today and we have a staff relay, <laughs> so it's perfect timing. But um, yeah, no, definitely looking forward to this episode because it's actually six months ago since we did, not only did we do our first live episode, which took place the day after the Salon Owner Summit, and mm-hmm. it was in our head office here, but the idea of that episode was to, I suppose, give some insights around re- reviewing your salon's business strategy from reports to results. So it was kind of how you review the past year and I suppose plan and strategize for the year coming forward. And that brings us six months later now to this episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the time we had Jenny Lawson from Mimosa Beauty. We had Paul Davey from Davey Davey and Hairdressing Live. And we also had Sean O'Sullivan from Forest, who's actually going um, to Australia to start build Forest over there. So this week, six months down the line, like you said, it's the perfect time to welcome Heather Yurko of Neatbeat in Kentucky and so that we can share her knowledge on the most beneficial KPIs to look at. So welcome to the show, Heather. Good morning, Heather. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's absolutely a pleasure. I just love the enthusiasm of your voice already. <laughs> it's just a great way to set up the show. So, Heather, you've had a, a not, sorry, not a busy week. What, what, what is it you call it? A productive week yourself, isn't it? Yes, yes. I try to stay away from the word busy because when people say, how are you? Obviously, I think everyone's first initial reaction is to say that you're busy, but I'm always like, well, who isn't busy these days? <laughs> and I just try to say I've been I've been quite productive. Getting stuff done. <laughs> I like that. Do you mind if I steal that? Take <laughs> it. Cool. So, Heather, obviously, you were talking to our guys over at the, the Data Driven Salon Summit this week. For anyone that isn't aware of who you are, do you want to give a bit of an introduction about yourself and your salon as well? Yes, I would love to. So I have a salon in America in Louisville, Kentucky. The name is Neat Beat. Um, And everybody always asks, where did you get that um, name from? And I'm super passionate about music. So it's a little bit of a playoff music. So Neat Beat, because we style pretty neat hair while we're listening to our favorite beats is kind of like the tagline for it. So we started in at the end of 2013. So in October, we will celebrate five years. Our salon is, you know, we started in a 200 square foot room, just me and myself and my team have built this thing from the ground up. And now we are 5,000 square feet. We have about 27 girls on our team. And, um, you know, it's just been, it's been a really, really, really cool ride. And I have some awesome people around me to help help educate me on what makes for a really healthy business, a really healthy salon business. And then I have another company called PIP University. So PIP stands for Positively Impacting People. It is the calling of my life. And uh, PIP University is basically just an educational platform 
for salon owners and hairstylists because I have a huge goal, a huge goal. By the time that I leave this earth, this industry will look completely different. Come hail or high water, I see an industry where we are greatly respected just as doctors and attorneys. And that starts with us um, respecting ourselves first and also being very educated on how to build healthy businesses. I have to say your uh, your energy there is <laughs> contagious. Even right from the get-go when you said the name of your salon, Neepy, for some reason my head just started bopping <laughs> as if I was listening to music. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm actually curious, kind of like off topic, but what's your what's your favorite uh, favorite band or musician or anyone? Oh my goodness, that oh. is a oh that's a very <laughs> multifaceted question. I love so I grew up on Stevie Nicks. All right. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> Listening to a lot of Stevie Nicks lately. Oh my goodness, I love her. But then I'm very I really like hip hop, but then I do like some country. I can get down with some Dave Matthews band. Oh, I can definitely get down with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like, I like a lot of different types of music, which is, so in our salon, um, our shampoo area is called the Love Shack. That was <laughs> That's where we love all our guests. And then our bathrooms are, um, we refer to them as Jack and Diane or Jack or Diane, because Jack or a Diane can go in there. And uh, we have quotes of, one bathroom, it says, two American kids growing up in the heartland. So it is very, very branded around music. We pay attention to all those little details. That's amazing. I love it. Obviously a big, yeah, a big part of your life. So just to kind of get into the show then, um, talking about the whole KPIs and stuff like that, you're here to discuss how KPIs determine the health of your salon. But what exactly do you mean by determining the health of your business? Oh, so I love this question. So when we look at our salons, we there's several factors that go into um, giving us clues to our businesses being healthy. So there, there are several, but I chose two. And the first one is when we have healthy businesses, that, sh- that says that our guests, are receiving wonderful experiences and they're getting really great customer service. So there are certain KPIs that tell us how well our team is performing as it relates to are our guests, when they come in, are they getting something that they didn't know that they were getting? And I know that you guys have a pretty good relationship with David Barnett. I know that he's been on the Forest podcast before. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife, Nicole, they were our um, business coaches. We started with them in September and we finished up with them in February. And that is actually something that Nicole taught us is great customer service is when a guest walks in and we end up giving them things that they weren't already booked for. And there are KPIs that tell us if we're doing that. And then the second thing that, you know, kind of tells us about the health of our business is that our artists are really showing up as the experts that they should be for our guests that deserve it. So there are plenty of salons all across the world that our guests can choose. So we have to ask ourselves, what makes them choose us? Mm -hmm. And then when they come to the salon, 
are we executing certain behaviors that will keep them coming back? So there is a lot that numbers can tell us from the way that our team behaves in the salon and the way that our guests feel when they're in our salon. There's numbers that speak to that. Absolutely. I love the allusion you said to what are we doing different? I remember David on the show once was mentioning that one of clients went to Japan once and she got her glasses like cleaned up. And, and that's the one thing that she came back saying to him. And she was like, they cleaned my glasses. They've never been so clean. It's amazing the little things that you can do that can actually have a massive impact on your numbers. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. Success is in the details. It's those little bitty things that if we pay attention to, it can make a world of a difference. So for for someone new to the world of KPIs, what exactly are they? Like, how do you go about them? How do they help? So I basically, when we look at, because there are several key performance indicators, several benchmarks that a salon can look at. We have narrowed them down because we want to understand them as salon leadership. So salon owners and managers, it's one thing for us to be going through our reports and our KPIs. It's another thing for us to train our teams to be able to do it. So within our salon, yes, management and leaders, of course, we're always in the numbers, but so are our teams. And the smaller those are, like the few, the few that you track to narrow them down, the easier it is for your team to get on board and know exactly where they're at. So I w- I'm just going to share with you guys the four. So two years ago, we studied nine different KPIs. Last year, we studied seven. And I was like, how can I get my team more on board to where they can look at these KPIs? And then if they're low, they would know the behaviors that need to be shifted or changed to make those KPIs higher. So we look at the guest count per month. So how many guests are actually coming into the salon or how many guests are sitting in their chairs per month, per quarter? I mean, you can do this per day, but that's one of the ones that we use. And then we look up your service per service ticket. So that's essentially the average money that a guest is spending per service they get in your chair or in your salon as a whole. So you essentially just take up your service sales and divide those by the amount of guests. And that gives you the average amount that a guest is spending in services. Then we do the same thing for retail. So how much retail an artist sells or how much retail a salon sales sells divided by the amount that of guests come in. And then the last one that we study is pre-booking. So we've essentially taken those four and that is what we really use to determine the health of our business. And so I have been on the phone with Forrest several times talking about the reporting and everything like that. And it's so great because you guys always have tons of questions. And I've been asked before, so what about utilization? Because you you can obviously see that utilization isn't in those four. And when you look at that, utilization can be skewed a little bit, right? Because if let's say you have one artist behind the chair and they are at 93% utilization or productivity, but then you look at their guest count per month and they're seeing 35 guests per month then you know that they're spending a lot of time 
per guest. And some of that time can really be wasted. So for us, we actually don't pay attention to utilization at all. We're, we're looking at the guest count. Now, on the flip side to that, this is not about getting a lot of guests in and getting a lot of guests out. So let's say if somebody was at a high utilization and they were at a low guest count per month, yeah. but the average that those guests were spending was $400 a service ticket. Now that's a different story. You know that you're spending longer, but the guest is actually getting several different experiences or upgrades within that time. So then it kind of evens it out. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you kind of have to look at them a bit all together, but what you're showing to the team is the guest, uh, the guest per month KPI. Is that correct? Exactly. And then I heard, especially at the data-driven event this, this, um, this weekend, I heard a lot about retention. And retention is something that we have always looked at. In fact, I thought that it was the most important KPI for a long time because obviously that's your guests keep coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a high pre-booking, let's say if, you're pre- if a salon as a whole or an artist as a whole, if your pre-booking is... 78%, 80%, really, you don't need to be paying attention to retention because if your pre-booking is that high, the retention is there. They're retained. So now we don't really pay attention to retention anymore. But if pre-booking starts to go down a little bit, that's when we get into retention and we see, is it new guests? Is it existing guests? And then we reevaluate our systems to ensure that pre-booking gets higher because when that's high, it kind of negates retention. Yeah, well, the pre-booking catches some there and then rather than hoping that they'll come back. You've nearly locked them in so you know your retention is going to follow through. From that, it's going to be like an end result. Exactly. So if we just focus in our salons on systems and behaviors that get those guests pre-booked, it's just a whole other KPI you don't even have to look at if you just hone in on pre-booking. So for us, every guest that sits down in the chair, in the consultation, our artists speak about the next time that they're going to need to see the guests back in the salon based on what they want their hair to look like. And we pre-book out every guest three appointments or more. And so there's a script that we use for this. And all of our pre-booking happens in the chair So by the time we walk the guest up and we got rid of our front desk last year. So we have like mobile stations. Every time a guest is getting checked out, all of their future reservations are already made. So we just close the sale with retail and the guest is on their way. And that ensures to us that pre-booking is taken care of because when the cape comes off at the end of the experience, the guest is on to their next thing. They're picking up the kids. They're going to the grocery store. So we want to make sure that we seal the deal with pre-booking when the guest is sitting down still. That way we consider them retained. So sorry, Heather, you said there that um, not only are you, I suppose, pre-booking or rebooking them in for their next appointment. Did you say you're you're rebooking them for their next three appointments? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And we oh, have their very- next three. How, how do you get them to commit to that? Oh, this is such a good question and one that I'm excited for salon owners to hear because I feel like this is such a secret in our sauce. It All of it has to do with scripting. So for salon owners and leaders, we can look at our pre-booking and we can see that it's low. 
I travel the country and every other weekend I'm in other salons, hundreds of salons. And I go in and I always ask, I need to see all of your numbers. I want to see your pre-booking, your service per service ticket, all that. A lot of salons as a whole, if you just ask them, what do you think your pre-booking is? Many of them will be like, oh, I I guarantee it's at least 70%. Almost every time I look at their pre-booking numbers, they're almost always in the 30s or 40s. And so then that says behaviors that shows us behaviors of our artists behind the chair. So it all comes down to scripting because we can't just look at our team and be like, we need to pre-book. We need to pre-book, especially if they don't know how to have that conversation to get the guest to say yes, especially to three appointments. So we kind of do something like this. The guest, the artist is standing there with the guest talking to them. They go through the technical consultation whether it's cutting or coloring. And then the artist says something essentially like this. So based on what we've talked about today with your hair and to keep your color looking the way that you want it to and to keep your hair cut fresh to where it's not getting on your nerves, I'm going to need to see you back in here in about five weeks. Now, is there better days and times that work best with your schedule? The guest will say something like, yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5.30 or after. We write that down. And then we say this, okay, that sounds wonderful. Today, before you leave, we're going to go ahead and get your, your next few reservations set up. This way, you don't have to worry about calling. Everything is set up for you, and it's really convenient with your schedule and works best. I'll have Kiara from our guest happiness team get those set up for you. Now, tell me what works best with your home care maintenance. Then we go straight into retail. So our front desk, we call our guest happiness team, they come in and they pick this little piece of paper up and they can see that the artist wrote down this guest, what what works best with her schedule is Tuesdays and Thursdays after 530. The guest happiness team goes, checks the artist's schedule, gets those three appointments booked to where they're already on a business card. And we don't say, we don't ask the guest, do you want to pre-book? We say, we're going to go ahead and get your next few reservations so it's easy for you. And we don't make it about the artist. Sometimes you hear things like, my book is getting really full. That makes it all about them instead of making it easier and centering around the guest's life. Are there some guests that say no? For sure. But many guests say yes. And when that happens salon-wide, guests will start to realize you're not going to get in unless you pre-book your next three appointments. Yeah, at that stage, you don't even have to say, my book is getting full. You know that their book is going to get full anyways. Yep, you're exactly right. So that really helps us a lot. And I suppose that at, at the same time, like, it's, it's better to have those appointments booked in. And if anything comes up in your calendar, it's so far in advance that you could ring up any time and just say, hey, I, like, I know we booked on this date, but like I have some sort of event or whatever. Is there any possibility to move it around? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And because it's so far in advance, you don't feel bad for going, oh, no, I'm only giving them a few days notice. You're giving loads of notice. So it benefits both people. Yep. So on those rebookings, um, would you, I suppose... Is it more focused on just getting them rebooked back in for a time of date that suits them? Or would they usually be rebooked back in for this, with the same stylist? Yes, we definitely try to book them in with their original artists. 
And that's what helps those artists get their books full. Because when I go in, I mean, guys, there are so many salons that I go in and I always start off and ask the team and the salon owner, is pre-booking important? And they say, yeah. And I say, why is it important? And they're like, well, because that's our, that's our future book. I'm like, Exactly. It's important for many reasons. But if we really want to get our artists buy in, we have to say things that pertain to them and what's going to help them be more successful. So we we come in with the KPIs and we try to tie it to a goal. Like, do you want to get a new car? Do you want to finish your basement? Do you want to move out of your mom's house? Do you want to buy a new house? Whatever it is, we have to focus on pre-booking. That way, when you come in for a day, You're not, you don't just have two guests a day. Your book is totally full because you did the work 12 weeks ago to get this book full. And then you don't have stress wondering what your paycheck is going to be like because you were disciplined in these behaviors. And what that does is it gives a great result to important KPIs that are going to help our artists be more successful behind the chair. Well, that's like that, that even that last KPI with the pre-book and it's brilliant. It works so well with the script. Like it's, it's genius. What, what I kind of want to ask here is how, how did you get to this KPI? Because obviously when you're setting up any business um, salon as well, you, there's hundreds of KPIs out there and it can be easy to get distracted by so many different ones and kind of, I suppose, spread your focus um, thin. So you said, about two years ago, it went from nine now to seven, or then to seven, now to four. How did you get to the KPIs that you have today? Oh, that's a great question too. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I love to say this. I am not that smart. I've got some intelligence in certain areas. And then in other areas, there just isn't a lot going on up there. So I surround myself with really, really smart people and other smart salon owners. Many of us use Forest. We share our reports. And I'm on the phone with a lot of them pretty consistently. One is one of my very good friends in the industry, Ashley Tolliver Williams. And she owns a salon in Houston, Texas called Fringe Salon and Color Bar. She's also in the Forest community. And you know, me and her spoke about this last year and how she was going to reroute some of her benchmarks to narrow them down, condense them so it would be easier for us and easier for our teams to jump on board and know their numbers. And so a lot of this stuff, I didn't just know it, but I've real, I really make sure that I surround myself with people that are a lot smarter than me and I'm constantly learning. And there is just, I just do not see competition. I really don't. I am so inspired by people that are smarter than me and teams that perform at a really high level. And it gives me this inspiration of if they can do it, no matter where they're at, I believe that myself and my team in Louisville, Kentucky can do it too. And so the long answer to that question is I um, surround myself with really smart people. And that's essentially how we came down to these four benchmarks, these four KPIs. And narrowing them down has made all of the difference in my team being laser focused. It just goes to prove, isn't it, the, uh, the age old thing of you, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Ever. Yes. <laughs> ever. I never want to be the smartest one. I'm, I thoroughly enjoy 
being around people that are a lot smarter than me, because then it's like, all I do is just collect data and information to make myself better, make my team better, and ultimately serve our guests better. So for someone who doesn't really feel confident uh, in identifying or monitoring KPIs, uh, whether it be the salon owner or the manager, how do you bridge this? How do you bridge the knowledge gap? Like, what's the first step? Do you go to another salon owner and chat to them about it? Or Yes. I love that you guys put this question in here. Yes. Well, first, as a shameless plug, but not really because it's just so suitable for every salon owner is... For PIP University, my other company, the education company for salon owners, we have a Facebook group and it's called PIP and then the letter U. So PIP U Salon Owners. There are so many smart people in there. And all we do is share with each other. We share anything and everything. And how you can really just become smarter is just educating yourself and being around other salon owners. And even like this podcast, listening to stuff like this, every morning when I'm doing my, make- my makeup and I'm getting ready for work, I put on some form of personal development, whether it's the four, I've listened to so many of your all's forest podcasts. I ha- There's another podcast that I listen to beyond the technique and that for salon owners. and um, entree leadership, just educating yourself. The more you educate yourself, and let's just say it's 30 minutes a day, over time, your business will become so much better and you will start to be really comfortable in the pursuit of creating a sustainable business for yourself and for your team. There are so many salon owners. This is where I get super passionate, guys, so hold your horses. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many salon owners and it breaks my heart Because they live in a state of anxiety and fear and worry because their salons are not profitable because they're barely hanging on. And it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. It takes you educating yourself, walking through a hella ton of fear and doing what's courageous and brave. And when you can do that and education and service is in the middle I really do believe that you can be a force that's unstoppable. So this is what it comes down to surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you and educating yourself and being of service. And when you do that, that is a recipe for a miracle to happen. I mean, even if it's just 30 minutes a day, like you said, it's, it's 30 minutes extra that, that you have on anybody else who isn't doing it. Yep. You're exactly right. And what it also does especially if you're down or you're worried about something, it is crazy. When you start to educate yourself, there is this fire that starts to come, it rises up a little bit and then you start getting inspired and motivated. And then you start trying new things out. Or let's say, you know, if you guys drop names every so often, like we've mentioned David Barnett, Ashley Tolliver Williams, you'll start looking these other people up and then you'll start learning from them. And then before you know it, three years down the road, you have a completely different company. So, um, you know, all of that's good and it all centers around educating yourself so you can figure out how to make your business as healthy as possible. 
yeah, you don't just have to learn from your own mistakes anymore. Learn from other people's mistakes. If they've yes. if they've had a mistake or made a mistake that they've corrected and publicized it, use it. And like yeah. the 30 minutes, that's usually a 30 minute walk to work or a 30 minute bus ride. And with so much technology out there, you don't have to rely on sitting down reading a book. You've got Audible, you've got Kindles, you've got podcasts everything out there and 30 minutes you give it about two three days you finish the book and you don't even know it yep it's a great point <laughs> well i mean heather i was gonna ask you for um some close closing remarks there to kind of wrap up the show but your bit there where you said you're going to get really into the um the, the passionate stage i think that was just a really good summary for what everything you've talked about here anyway so i suppose do you have any remarks to top that off I actually have a question for you, even. If someone wanted to take part in that Facebook group, is that something, like, we'll definitely link it in the episode notes, but, like, how how does that work? Is it solely a Facebook group, or is it sometimes you meet up? How does that work? How does PIP work? Right now, it's just a resource for a Facebook group. It's obviously free, and you just, um, you know, type it in your Facebook search engine. We ask three questions before you can get in the Facebook group. And if you do not answer all three questions, um, you are not accepted into the Facebook group. So we're really picky on who we allow into the Facebook group because we want it to be a group of insane value. So anybody can join. Um, You just have to answer all three of those questions and join with really great intentions on giving value yourself or soaking up all the information that the group has to offer. Yeah, because it's like those LinkedIn groups you see where you've got thousands of members, but it's the same two or three people posting the whole time. And eventually you're just like, I suppose, leeches nearly. So you want to keep everyone contributing. Yes. And that and it, our group is a great group to do that in. Several different people post and several different people answer. So Heather, any final words from yourself? Yes, I just want to share with everyone, um, especially if you are a salon owner or manager. And you know what? Even if you're not, even if you are an artist behind the chair and you want to be a leader, then you can take responsibility for this yourself. This is definitely about building healthy businesses and profitable salons. But even more importantly for that, it is about building sustainable careers for our humans on our teams. And it is our direct responsibility that we do that for them, that we lead them to where they want to be. People come to work in our salons because they believe that we can get them to a place that they can't get there themselves. They will not know this stuff on their own. They don't know these KPIs. They don't know about pre-booking. They don't know about scripts. It is the leader, whether you are a salon owner, manager, or even an artist behind the chair, it is a leader's responsibility to get educated and then to share that education with their people and to discipline a culture that executes behaviors so they can be extremely successful in their lives to where money, they're not held back by money and they're able to really create the life that they want. That is our responsibility. So although this was all about KPIs and a healthy business, it definitely will do that. But from the leaders, if it comes from a place of, we want to serve our humans and get them to where they want to be, 
it is a full circle and we will naturally reap rewards from that. So that that's what I'll end with. Heather, you couldn't have said it any better if, if there was anyone listening to this show at the start of it and said, positively impacting people. What does that mean? How does Heather do that? I think listen to this show and you'll know exactly what it means. That has been fantastic, Heather. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. No problem. So that was Heather Yorko of Neepy in Kentucky. And now the second half of the show. Yes, as usual, the Forest Academy webinars. Don't you love that section? Um, so <laughs> the Zoe section. Yes, the Zoe section. Zoe. Um, Zoe. <laughs> no, okay. Let's be let's be real here. We have the first edition of this one. It's the Forest Academy Salon Work Life Balance Masterclass, and that's led by Chris Brennan. Uh, so it's on Monday, June eighteenth, from three p.m. to four p.m. UK Ireland time, ten a.m. to eleven a.m. US Eastern time. And what he'll be going through this is essentially like identifying the causes of the imbalance, reframing work in your salon without losing a step, finding space and time for home and personal life, and maintaining this balance. Uh, tips and tricks on how to do that. Um, I mean, he, he, knows, he knows well what he's talking about with, the, with a kid and uh, working with Forrest and doing seminars and talks and this and that. So it uh, should be really, really interesting. Looking forward for that. If you want to save your spot for this webinar, so all you have to do is go onto our Facebook page in the event section, find this event, Forrest Academy, the Salon Work-Life Balance Masterclass, click on Get Tickets. It's free as usual. All you have to do is fill in your details. You get a link in your emails to join in on the day. So that's it for us today. If you have any feedback, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best.